Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. Hey, my name is Kenneth Braswell, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast. We're looking so forward to the innovative conversations we're going to have. I am uber excited. Um, This is our second episode, and I have a list of guests that's going to be coming um, towards you over the next few months and people are coming in and it's just an exciting time. I'm so glad we decided to do this. Um, but this week is going to be special because we are about to we meaning Fathers Incorporated, my organization, um, and the Monaghan Institute for Fatherhood Research and Policy. Uh, we're about to drop a brief um, and this particular brief is going to deal with something that is critically important here, specifically in the state of Georgia. But it's going to be a springboard for more work across the country as it relates to fathers and the rights that fathers should have with respect to custody of their children. And so this particular document is going to be called the Georgia State Legitimation, Fatherhood Engagement, and youth academic outcomes. And what we're going to be talking about is this issue of legitimation here in the state of Georgia. And for those of you who don't know about legitimation, you're about to hear from it from our lead researcher. Um, But in a nutshell, it is when you have a child in the state of Georgia and you are unmarried as a dad, you are not the legal parent of that child or you are not a legal parent, period, which means you have no rights. And so it's a huge issue. People have been talking about it for years, no real movement on changing policy, um, getting people to even understand and be aware that the policy or the law in this instance actually exists. And so we want to shine some light on that um, with this first or second episode of I Am Dad podcast, and hopefully we can use this as a springboard to get more people to kind of understand um, this law. And then as we begin to move forward um, to support these dads here in the state of Georgia to become the legal fathers of their children, uh, we can gain a level of support, not only here locally, but around the country for that effort. So my guest coming up um, now is Dr. Matisa Wilbon. Uh, she is an associate research scientist at Fathers Incorporated and one of the founding members of FI's Monaghan Institute for Fatherhood Research and Policy. She is also an adjunct professor of sociology and a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant where she assists not nonprofits and colleges and universities in DEI strategic planning, training, and organizational change. She received her master's and her PhD degrees in sociology from the Ohio State University. So I introduce to you Dr. Wilborn, Dr. Matisa Wilborn, um, to this podcast to talk to you about the work that we are about to engage in as it relates to Georgia State legitimation. Today, we're going to be sharing with you a brief entitled Georgia State Legitimation, Father Engagement, and Youth Academic Outcomes. 
Traditional research suggests that fatherlessness and therefore lack of presence in the home is largely the result of couples not marrying, perhaps indicating a distance in relationship. However, decreasing marriage rates or the increase of divorce among couples may have little to do with the disunity of black men and women, but the result of policies that it disincentivizes marriage and creates a dependence on public assistance and child support. Such dependence has resulted in a predominant family structure, one that we talk about quite a bit in the black community, where fathers live separately from their children and mothers tend to head most households. Physical separation, however, is not synonymous with lack of father involvement or fatherlessness. Therefore, fatherlessness must be better understood. Dr. Waldo Johnson, an expert in fatherhood work, says this, you cannot assume that a father's absence means non-involvement. Simply because a father does not live in the household does not necessarily mean that he does not have any involvement or that he doesn't want to be involved. Co-residence creates opportunities for engagement, yes, but men can live in the home and still be disengaged while those who live outside of the home be fully participatory or be fully involved. Fatherlessness then is not defined by living arrangement, but by true father absence. In fact, fatherhood expert Kenneth Braswell, CEO of Fathers Incorporated says this, there is no such thing as a fatherless child. 100% of all children have fathers. The question isn't if he exists, the question is where he exists. Understanding fatherhood with this in mind then provides a paradigm shift and helps us to better understand potential consequences, things like father engagement or youth educational outcomes and how it relates to fatherhood absence. Policymakers, researchers, and practitioners must revisit and revise policies, policies, so that they incentivize positive relationships between mothers, fathers, and youth. Policies like welfare and child support should not create disengagement, but rather opportunities for parents' significant and sustained parental success despite marital status. Finally, these policies should assist in bolstering fathers' relationship with their children so that youth are healthy physically, socially, and academically. So let us examine one such policy in detail, legitimation. Imagine as a father, you attempt to obtain your child's academic records only to discover that you do not have permission to do so despite a paternity test that should suggest otherwise. What if your child has cancer? You've supported her for the past 12 years through child support, but you cannot assist in making any medical decisions until you legally prove you are the father in a process separate from the administrative procedure of establishing paternity. Your name is on the birth certificate, you took a paternity test, but you still have no legal rights to your child because he or she has not been legitimated. 
These hypotheticals seem far-fetched, but are examples of what could happen among fathers in the state of Georgia due to a legitimation law. Married parents automatically share rights and responsibilities that give them equal say in what happens to their children. This is not true, however, for non-married parents and is particularly harsh for non-married, non-custodial parents. When paternity is established, unmarried fathers are expected to pay child support and are responsible to provide medical and financial support. Paternity, however, does not automatically determine legitimation. Legitimation is a separate process whereby non-married fathers must take legal action to establish fathers' legal rights pertaining to decisions related to their children, included, including rather, but not limited to, medical decisions and to school choices. Legitimation must be determined for each child. It's not a guaranteed process. Each case has to be reviewed and considered by a judge. Fathers must seek legitimation for each child when not born of the same mother or paternity is not established when multiple children are born even of the same mother. So legitimation then is a law that determines the legal status of non-married fathers in relationship to his child, but in essence can absolutely impact the relationship between fathers and their children. Again, as I suggested, when children are not legitimized, fathers have the right and, or excuse me, when children are legitimized, fathers have the right and authority to make decisions in support of their well-being. But in all, and that's true in all states, but Georgia, right? But Georgia, legitimation is determined with paternity. In the state of Georgia, however, legitimation and paternity are treated as two separate administrative and legal actions. Now, when you look at the history of legitimation, the intention was to address inheritance. Children who are legitimized are able to receive inheritance from their father. It has evolved over time, however, to be another policy that is a barrier to fatherhood engagement in a way that may negatively impact the relationship between fathers and their children. Understanding the negative interaction of policies geared toward mandating father engagement like child support and or the impact of these policies on parent-child relationships is an overlooked imperative when examining youth academic outcomes, especially when you consider the statistic that in the state of Georgia, at the end of 2020, over 560,000 children were considered born without a legal father since 2010, when you look at legitimation and its impact. There are a number of policies that have been created that potentially decrease father engagement with their family. So outside of legitimation, there are other policies that create disincentives for father-child engagement. Let's look at a couple of these. Despite these seemingly well-intentioned policies, the results have sometimes left low-income, non-custodial black fathers and their families in far worse shape 
than pre-policy. So if you think about one of those, for example, research suggests that black low-income non-custodial fathers face heightened barriers rather with child support enforcement despite their contributions to their families. According to the Urban Institute, research suggests that child support enforcement can negatively impact low-income black fathers in the following four ways. Number one, child support orders may, set, may be set at rates low-income fathers cannot pay. Number two, child support enforcement methods can wreak havoc on fathers' employment and ability to save money. Number two, failure to pay child support can lead to incarceration. And then finally, number four, debt and incarceration hinder black fathers and cause harm to their children. Although this policy was intended to bring financial assistance to the families of non-custodial fathers, it often serves as a means of keeping low-income fathers locked in poverty and away from their children, or sometimes worse. If you look at the case of Walter Scott, this is a harrowing example, um, one of which we should really take note. This example is the example of deleterious consequences that can come from the current iteration of our child support policy. Scott was the father of four who was killed by police in South Carolina. Now, according to accounts given by his family, Scott was likely running from an arrest warrant because of an unpaid child support order running from police. He reportedly owed about $6,800 in child support payments and had been jailed previously for failure to pay. The thought of rearrest might have impacted his decision to attempt to flee police when his vehicle was pulled over. That choice proved fatal. The policy then had the very opposite impact on his ability to provide assistance for his family. And now, as a result of his unfortunate death, he no longer has that opportunity at all. Other economic policies that arguably impair low impact or excuse me, low income black families and specifically reduce the role of the black father are welfare policies. Welfare policies began in the 30s and expanded some in the 60s, but it was under Johnson's Great Society, which began in 1964, when benefits became substantially more generous and came under greater control of the federal government. And as a result, the role of the black father was minimized. Paul Peterson of Harvard wrote this about welfare policies. Some programs actively discouraged marriage because welfare assistance went to mothers so long as no male was boarding in the household. Marriage to an employed male, even one earning the minimum wage, placed at risk a mother's economic well-being. Welfare workers could randomly check in homes to see if the mother was accurately reporting her family status. The negative impact this set of policies has had on low-income Black families cannot be understated. Today, for example, more than 70% of Black children are born out of wedlock and largely reside with their mother. 
Among, among other consequences, non-custodial fathers must deal with how to provide financial care for their children and how best to develop a relationship with them that will positively impact their emotional, social, and academic well-being. Research related to state legitimation, excuse me, legitimation is limited in part due to the fact that the number of states requiring legit, legitimation is small. The number of states requiring legitimation is small. Today, Georgia is the only state, you heard that right, Georgia is the only state that requires a two-part legal and administrative process for non-married fathers to gain legal rights to their children. Furthermore, the legitimation process must be repeated for each individual child. This means that dads may go through legitimation multiple times throughout, or excuse me, multiple times within one relationship. One could argue that like many other family policies, the intention of state legitimation was positive. It was created so youth would be able to legally inherit financial wealth from their father and or contribute financially to their fathers. Despite any positive intentions, however, there are several unintended negative consequences of legitimation that plague fathers who are required to financially support children but have no legal rights to them. And we have to revisit and revise policies that disrupt the relationship between fathers and children, fathers and their families. Let's talk about a few of these unintended consequences. Number one, uninformed fathers. One immediate issue with legitimation is related to whether or not fathers are educated on the process of legitimation. Many fathers don't understand that legitimation and paternity are two different processes. We're talking specifically in Georgia. Once paternity is established, fathers are informed about related financial responsibility, medical, educational, etc. Legitimation policy, however, determines that fathers still do not have legal rights until they go through the legitimation process. For example, fathers whose paternity has been established are expected to pay for the medical bills of their children, but if not legitimized, do not have the right to make medical decisions. As might be imagined, policies that mandate father payments without immediate father privilege could cause negativity within familial relationships. Moreover, fathers who are uninformed about the legitimation process may not know how to obtain it. Now, there are organizations like Fathers Incorporated that are including programs geared toward teaching fathers about legitimation. Fathers Incorporated is a national nonprofit organization working to build stronger families and communities through the promotion of responsible fatherhood. Through their Fatherhood is Brotherhood program, FI teaches fathers about the legitimation process and offers free legitimation services to fathers who need them. 
Programs like these are incredibly important, not only for fathers, but to assist fathers in making informed decisions and thereby fostering father-child relationships. The second point that needs to be noted when it comes to unintended consequences is the connection between legitimation and child support. There's a potentially negative compound effect when fathers must deal with both legitimation and child support enforcement. Nationwide, the child support program serves a fifth of all U.S. children and one-third of all U.S. children in poor families, about 14 million children. For families with child support orders, child support is one of the largest sources of income. Despite the importance of child support, as noted, there are a number of challenges that fathers may face when it's enforced. It can impact father's employment and accumulation of debt and the inability to save and or during incarceration. An exacerbating factor is being a father who has child support requirements and all that that entails, yet has to go through an additional process to gain the legal rights to positively impact his children. Research on state legitimation in Georgia does support a direct relationship among custody, parenting time or visitation, and child support. For example, in her dissertation entitled The Effect of a State Legitimation Process on Child Support Payments and Father-Child, Dr. Shalonda Smith found that fathers who had joint custody and engaged in parenting time with their children are more likely to pay child support, while those fathers with no custody and no parenting time are least likely to pay child support. In other words, fathers who have the opportunity and legal right to participate in the lives of their children are more likely to pay court-ordered child support. It follows then that fathers whose children are not legitimized and who do not have legal rights to their children are less likely to pay child support. Another factor to be noted when it comes to unintended consequences of legitimation is little return on investment. This final challenge uh, uh, comes to the fact or, or is related to the fact that government and other funders continually pour dollars into responsible fatherhood programs in the state of Georgia, but do not necessarily impact the heart of the issue lack of legal rights for them. Spending money to build capacity for fathers is important, but if dads have no legal rights, they may, that may impede their ability and or their desire to engage with their families. Fathers Incorporated currently facilitates a program that's funded by the Office of Family Assistance called the Fathers Incorporated Gentle Warriors Academy. This program is designed to help adult fathers ages 18 and older incorporate practices and behaviors for managing the responsibilities of being parents or co-parents and partners through responsible parenting, healthy marriage and relationships, and economic stability activities. The program boasts 
success in enrolling, engaging, and graduating young dads. The challenge, however, the challenge of note is though fatherhood capacity is built throughout and within this program, fathers who do not have legal rights to their children might not feel as invested as those fathers who have legal rights to do so. Moreover, the program includes activities and resources from a number of social agencies that could provide assistance to dads. Program evaluations, however, suggest that the number one need expressed by fathers is not child support, is not how to obtain a better job, it is understanding and pursuing legitimation. In fact, since October 2021, 230 dads have requested assistance from FI in processing the legitimation petition. Likewise, 79% of dads compete completing these legitimation forms with FI, with Fathers Incorporated, don't file with the courts. The number one reason they do not want this filing to disrupt the relationship between father and the mothers of their children or fathers uh, disrupt this co their co-parenting with the mothers of their children. So what that lets us know is that legitimation and, and obtaining rights for their children is on the mind of fathers. Fathers overwhelmingly want to know how to obtain the legal rights to their children and how not to disrupt co-parenting with the mother of their children. How does this relate to youth academic outcomes? Research shows that parental involvement in their children's learning positively affects the child's academic performance in both primary and secondary schools. What this leads to is higher academic achievement, greater cognitive competence, greater problem-solving skills, greater school enjoyment, better school attendance, and fewer behavioral problems at school. As noted, however, fathers who do not have legal access to academic decisions may not feel the need to be engaged with their children in other ways. Furthermore, fathers who are battling legitimation and other policies may have strained relationships with the mothers of their children. This in turn may be a barrier to positive engagement and positive youth academic outcomes. So looking at legitimation, revising it, reviewing it, and impacting positively these fathers will indirectly impact youth academic outcomes. In conclusion, there are a number of policies, as we suggested earlier, related to fathers that need revision in an effort to indirectly impact father engagement and ultimately youth academic outcomes. Research on child support and welfare expansion notes the negative impact both sets of policies have, particularly on low-income, often Black fathers and their families. 
Discouraging marriage and making fatherhood difficult for non-custodial fathers are among the unintended consequences of these policies. Similarly, the state legitimation policy in Georgia has equally negative consequences. Low-income, non-custodial fathers may find it difficult to gain information or the necessary assistance to become legitimized. Mitigating factors related to child support and or the relationship with the child's mother may discourage or impede legitimation. All of these things combined may create negative father-child engagement and we know low parental engagement may negatively impact youth academic achievement. It's also important to note that if something were to happen to the mother, neither the father nor his side of the family can be involved in custody decisions. Therefore, I would like to conclude with four recommendations or calls to action related to legitimation, fatherhood engagement and youth activities or youth achievement. Recommendation one, establish legitimation at the same time paternity is determined. Fathers who take a paternity test and are deemed the father of his child should also receive all the legal rights afforded the mother. Recommendation two, allow fathers with established paternity to request custody and or parenting time or visitation. Recommendation three, fathers should receive automatic custody in the event of loss of life or of the other parent. And finally, recommendation four, the state of Georgia should identify funding resources for local nonprofits that focus on fatherhood, parenting programs or legal assistance programs to establish methods of assistance in alleviating legal costs and administrative fees of legitimation. And if the law is to remain, there should be educational awareness and campaigns. We believe if these recommendations and these calls to action are actually um, implemented, that fathers would enjoy better relationships with their children, financial uh, resources um, would be more readily available through child support in other ways, and families will be incentivized to be more engaged and fathers and mothers of their children will more likely have better relationships and that will result in better academic youth outcomes. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. You've been listening to I Am Dad Podcast. We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time, I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Because of this reminder, I will always understand that I am dad, period. period.